shit on TNT. DJ's got that star shit on It's your boy AJ Legree, man, and it's your boy Trigger Trey. AJ Daniels. Man, we got, we got a big one here for you. I think y'all gonna love it. Y'all gonna enjoy it. The top topic of conversation is gonna be really great. And uh, it's gonna be some great nuggets that y'all gonna take from this. And um, like I said, the man has something really special that's about to drop really, really soon. So I wanna dive, dive really deep into it. Hold on. Man. Before we dive in, I want to let y'all know, man, this is Tampa legend. <laughs> Flo- no, no, Florida legend BJ Daniels, man. Like, let's, like, that's a real deal fucking thing, dog. I appreciate you, man. Don't even, uh, <clears throat> you ain't got to do all that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a big deal, though. It's deserved, bro. I appreciate it. It's a big deal, man. So, um, I think it's, 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 uh, pretty inspiring. The hoops and the challenges that you overcame yeah. this far, and uh, it's really, really, uh, to me, you know, a big deal. You know, you, you have evolved. A lot of people don't know you can hoop. You know, and like I say, just big time athlete all yeah. across the board. Yeah. Uh, you played at the highest of highest levels, yeah. and uh, now you tapping into a. Uh, a different field now. Yeah. About to drop a book. Yeah. So uh beyond the red zone. So I um just just I want you to give like, you know, a a, a bit of a an overview of how that how that's how that's going. How what what brought you to, you know, coming up with a book, man. Yeah, man, it was uh it was a blessing. I mean at the end of the day, uh I think about three years ago I wanted to write a book. <clears throat> and then I found myself not having the time to do that because I still needed to live life. I still was, you know, uh, trying to figure out what my next move was after football. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I met, you know, this guy named Adam Shaw um, who works, who uh, is the owner of a company called Trigger Hub in Shaw Mind. And, <clears throat> you know, I was hanging out downtown Tampa at the edition. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to this couple who's like really just recognizing me and trying to show some sort of appreciation for what, I've accomplished on the football field at USF because they were alumni. And, uh, you know, this guy walks up to me. He's about 6'3", um, you know, this Caucasian guy. And he says, uh, in his very British accent, he says, who are you? I was like, who am I? What you mean by that? You know, like, what do you want me to say? Um, you know, and, you know, the 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 inner me was like, I'm BJ. You know, and he said, no, who are you? So I had to give him the spiel of me playing at USF, me being in the NFL and all that. And, um, you know, I got a chance to build a relationship with him. And then he finally told me what he does. And um, he owns Trigger Hub as a publishing company about mental health. And uh, once he found out who I was, he asked me if I would be an advocate for his company and speak about mental health and go on tours and talk about it. And then the deeper and deeper we got into conversation and having a relationship, he basically told me, he said, he said, nah, you're a little different. You 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 don't have to just be an advocate. You can go out there and actually go out there and 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 really inspire people, talk to people. We could do a book. Um, and at the same time, he he called me a hot commodity, uh, you know, because I'm an African American male. And that in our community sometimes is something we hold on to and, and bury 
because uh, we're not allowed to really just come out and say what's wrong or I'm not feeling this right now or I'm hurt um, or I'm struggling with this or this is the trauma I went through early on and this is how I'm dealing with it now. Um, we're just taught to be strong, keep pushing, um, that we have to be two times better, uh, you know, just all those things. And, um, you know, when I got to talking to him, uh, just in general conversation, I started to realize, like, man, some of the things I experienced is not normal. Yeah. And how I've handled it also is not normal. But I've just figured out ways to just keep moving forward, you know. And, um, you know, that that that's where everything started. That's how the book even came about. Um, you know, and, and right now with me, you know, dealing with that company and signing with that company, man, I've just, I've been so thankful and blessed because three years ago I said I wanted to do a book and I never started it. And then now I meet this guy, you know, by the grace of God on, on the, in downtown Tampa. And it just hit like that. And here we are. And it's something I've been praying for, something I wanted to do for a long time. Um, you know, and I finally am, am, am in a position that, uh, it's going to be coming out this year. So I'm excited, man. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's, that's dope. That's really, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a grand thing that's happened for you. Oh, One of the questions I got is like, <clears throat> what's your motivation? Behind the book? Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, ask me questions like, what did you do? Or how do you keep going? Or like, what did you do to get to where you are? How do you keep going? Um, and when, when I say keep going, um, you know, there are things I've, I'm sharing in the book as well. Um, but I've been cut. I've been released from teams. I've had relationships fail. I've been held at gunpoint. I've broken ankles and, and thought my career was over. Um, I've had family members die of cancer. I had my little sister diagnosed with, like there are things that happen. <clears throat> and um, I think people need to understand beyond this superhero uniform that we put on as football players and athletes, we still human. We still going through things and still after practice or during practice, we still dealing with this stuff mentally. You know what I mean? So, you know, how do we, I really want people to understand, okay, yeah, Super Bowl, been the three of them, you know, been in the hottest club in New York City with Drake after we won the Super Bowl. I mean, I've done these things and that's what people see. I met Obama, but what people don't realize, I've also met Obama, but I've also washed the uniforms in the high school basement of the high school I went to, you know, back in Tallahassee. And that happened three years after. Like, it's not like I did that, then I met Obama. It was Obama and I then I did that. So, um, yeah, I just, I just really want people to understand how you know, as a black man, um, just as a human being in general, um, as an athlete, like you can experience all these things, but like your inner core motivation, God has called you to do something. Yeah. And if you know what it is, cool. Dwell in that. If you don't, then you're still called to do other things. So keep going. Don't stop, no matter what happens. So and, and piggybacking off that, what you said, um, you know, back at your high school, a lot, you know, a lot of football heads know you. <laughs> yeah, but um, like, Man. like, give us a, a a brief synopsis on where BJ come from. Uh, so my dad would call me uh, he would call me Money Man. Okay, so it's funny. I feel like I grew into this name, but I mean, at a young age, he James Brown was like one of his favorite uh, uh, artists. So uh, the song "Money, Money, Money, Money"—that's it. I was his song. <laughs> so he called, "Yo, it's called me Money Man" as a kid. 
But uh, but I what people don't know, I guess, is I grew up in a dorm room on Florida State's campus until I was six, um, about five or six, and uh, my dad was a dorm director. So we lived on the first floor of this apart this apartment style uh, dorm room, which had twenty floors above us, yeah. and there were college students all above us. Uh, my dad had a small apartment on the first floor. Um, it was two bedrooms, one bath, uh, kitchen, and my mother. Uh, he was married at the time as well. My mother, Rhonda Daniels. My dad's name is Bruce. Um, my BJ comes from him, uh, Bruce Jr. But uh, you know, she was a nurse. You know, she got a job at Tallahassee Memorial Hospital um, in Tallahassee. My dad was a dorm director. I grew up in that dorm room. Um, I just remember, uh, you know, watching Charlie Ward and Derek Brooks and all those guys play, you know, at the time. And I wanted to be just like them guys. Um, you know, so it was that that's where everything kind of started for me. And and the very first memory I can have of just me being a competitor uh, or just trying to overcome something was. My parents bought me a fire truck when I was a kid, and uh, I always used to, you know, push it around, all that kind of stuff. But every time I go outside, I see college students riding on skateboards yeah. past where I lived. So I wanted a skateboard. So I told my pe- my people, I'm like, man, next Christmas I need a skateboard. Yeah, you know what it. I mean. Like I need, to, I want to do what they're doing, and uh, I always had aspirations of doing something bigger. Yeah. Um, my parents told me no, so for me. Uh, I went to the top of the hill. There was a small hill in front of our our uh, dorm room where we lived, and I stood on top of the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I put two feet on top of the skateboard and went down the hill. I was a, I was a success. No matter what someone else told me, I still did it anyway. Absolutely. Then it came to the point where um, I wanted to go faster, and I went up higher up the hill. And it got to a point where um, you know I pushed myself and went down that hill over and over just to be like what I saw. And at one point, you know, I, I bust my face wide open. <laughs> and then, uh, then my parents got me a skateboard. So BJ from a young age came from humble beginnings with dreams of being Charlie Ward, Derek Brooks, wanting a skateboard, just seeing and knowing that I, there was something else out there I still wanted to accomplish or achieve. And uh, that's that's kind of where everything started for me. Yeah, man. 100%. <clears throat> I uh... I'm a big believer in speaking things in existence. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that, you know, your father did that with you yeah. and calling you money, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that that is 100%, you know, a real thing, yeah. you know, speaking things into existence. And, uh, you know, he breathed he, he, he that over you. Yeah. And, you know, like it, you know, everything came true. So, I, that, that's a big shout out to Pops, man. Yeah. I know uh, before we, uh, I just wanted to ask one more question, uh, you know, not to steer too far away, um, away from the book, you know, before we, you know, leave that topic alone. Um, what What is, you know, you know, when I read that book, um, what is what is a message that, you know, what is something that you want the reader to take away from that book? Yeah, um, I think the biggest message is just, just, uh, one being vulnerable enough to be real with yourself, because I think you know a lot of the times you know even now, you know with this book, I think I I think during the process of the book I cried about something that I experienced ten years ago, 
you know, and I think I just continue to move through life without dealing with that. You know what I mean? Um, and I want people to be able to be vulnerable enough to address those issues, those things that they face, um, to also understand they're not by themselves. They're not alone in the things that they experience. Um, I want to be vulnerable enough to where the reader could actually see themselves as me and relate uh, to some of the issues and things I've experienced. Um, you know, and that's that's the biggest goal at the end of the day. Um, you know, because it, it's interesting, you know, when you see successful people in whatever realm they're in and you you deem yourself to wanting to be like that, whether it's money, Jeff Bezos, or you want to own Apple, whatever, Bill Gates, but you always don't know what their journey was and their process, you know, to get to that point. And um, I just want people to, to, to that love and respect or have followed my career in any capacity uh, to kind of be like, okay, I didn't know that. Like I respect him because he was a good football player or he kept going. I know he's overcome some stuff. I know he's been cut before. I know those things, but you know, how did I do that after that or during that is what I would kind of want people to, uh, to see, to hear, and to take with them, um, and then pass it along. Because at the end of the day, I will tell you this, uh, to to my grave, as a child, my dream was to go to the NFL. What people don't understand is not to go to the NFL, it's to play in the NFL. I had the opportunity to be behind some great quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, Matt Ryan. You know, I played you know, with the Giants. I was there with Eli, but that wasn't my goal. But what I didn't understand was that the whole scheme and plan of everything was to have those, God gave me those experiences to build on that, to give me tools and pieces and puzzle pieces, take those and use it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. See, now that means I'm more working into my calling versus what I want. So I'm taking them things and using it for somebody else. That's what this book is going to be about. All the experiences that I've been through, all the pieces I've been broken, the, the Places, the cities, the towns, the countries. I even play football in the CFL. You know what I mean? Like, use that for where I am now, where your feet are. So not not to have a gold jacket and retire when I want to. And Because one thing I can definitely say, and I say this all the time, the current quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks uh, is Geno Hayes. I mean, Geno Smith, excuse me. A lot of respect for him. But here's my truth. When I played with Russell, he was a starting quarterback. Here's my truth, though. Nothing against them guys. Today, I'm 34. I work out every day. I can still go do what they're doing, 100%. I can throw football 100 yards if I have to. But they can't do what I'm doing. Go in the hallways of USF and tell these kids, that's where I broke up with my girlfriend. That's where I failed my test. This is the street that I was held you know, at gunpoint behind Raymond James Stadium. I can motivate and tell these kids how to, how to navigate life in a whole complete, completely different capacity rather than taking the three-step drop, how to read cover two, you know, knowing the difference, looking at the corner, is it man, is he going to press, is he going to back? Like, all that stuff is, you got uh, you got a thousand people that can do that, so. That's crazy, man. That, that's awesome. Like, the, the way you relate in football back to real life kind of, like, leads me to my next question. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, <laughs> to growth, what's the biggest difference between B.J. Daniels, the athlete, and B.J. Daniels, the person. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I really, I really do feel like um, professionally, I've reached a plateau. Um, 
to where I can't dunk anymore. So my height, my height. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think none of us. Oh man, he probably can't. I can't. It's over with. Man, I'm gonna put it in the hoop. <laughs> man, so these these explosiveness, <laughs> athletic skills are decreasing. <laughs> But uh, my level of maturity and life experiences are continuing to to grow, man. Uh, you know, I'm. You know, it's it's funny we're doing this today, but you know, I'm still in something right now. I'm still going through something right now. Um, you know, and I think that's you know part of the process. Yeah, it's part of the process. So, you know, 34 years old, you know, single, no kids. I still want to accomplish those things, but I also feel like. Um, Part of my journey will require uh, certain things of me, um, relationship-wise or growth-wise or business-wise. Um, when I say relationship, I'm talking about women. I'm talking about sports. I'm talking about my job. Like There's a requirement of me still that needs to be fulfilled in my own growth uh, to get to a level that I want to be because I've reached the plateau in athletics. Yeah. So now hey, it's just, what's that's, next? That's a major solution. <laughs> you know, not to cut you off, but that's yeah. a major salute. All the accolades, mm -hmm. being who you are, people know who you are, especially yeah. in the Bay Area. No, no kids, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, to aspire and done everything that you have done, that's big time. That's a major salute, you know. And, um, yeah, man, that's big kudos <laughs> to you. So, Appreciate it. So, like, since you brought a relationship, wise, we are going to ask the question. What's your relationship status? We can cut the right podcast. Now? We can cut the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man. What's your status right now? Uh single. And single. I, I said uh because I was just hesitating, but it's so crystal clear and clean. Uh, single. And uh, you know, I think I think uh this is a good time for me to be that. Um I've never said that before, because I've always wanted to be around people, help people, be in a relationship. You know, that that's that's who naturally I am. Uh, a caregiver, taker, protective provider, and all that. But um, you know, I I do remember listening to you know certain preachers, and um, you know everybody's not built for the journey, yeah. and and there are seasons for everything, and you have to take. You're at fault if you don't take stuff with you, like you don't learn from each situation. Um, but I do know that the same way you prepare your body uh, to play sports. You got to protect your heart, yeah. protect it and train it. Yeah. And that's something I'm, 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 I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm, uh, my, my, my mind, body, spirit, um, you know, from in and out is just, is being trained. You know, I'm continuing to work at it. I'm waking up every day with another obstacle and trying to figure that out and learn from it and grow from it. So, you know, when the time comes for the relationship Super Bowl, I'm going to win that one. I'm gonna definitely win now. <laughs> that 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 kind of leads me to my next question for you all. You know, with 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 the relationship challenges um, and playing ball at the high level that you play it at, uh, you know, like I said, most people know who you are. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you play ball at extremely high level, set quite a few records at USC. Mm -hmm. And being that that's so. Did you feel or felt as though, like, you know, relationships with, you know, said females or whoever right. was, a, was a challenge navigating or was it anything that was challenging for you while playing ball? Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I was, 
immaturely at the point where if I had a bad football day, then I'm going to take that home. You know, that affects my mood. Not necessarily how I treat the person that I'm going home to, but it affected my mood and that will pour over onto them. You know, I open that door and walk in the house. They're excited to see me because they ain't seen me all day. But I'm still thinking about the interception. I just threw at practice to Richard Sherman, <laughs> who's an all-pro corner, <laughs> you know? Yeah, big time. But yet and still, I'm at practice set up to fail because, you know, Russell's a starter. I'm the backup. So I'm going, to, I'm going against the starting defense, okay? So I got the Legion of Boom in front of me, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman. Bobby Wagner, Cliff Averill, I mean Michael Bennett. Oh God! You know, big shout out to Big Red. Like I'm going against these guys. You know uh, that. You know they supposed to look good That's in scary. practice. That's scary. You know what I'm saying? So I already got an uphill battle. Boy, go look good <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I ain't gonna say who, but I just set some receivers up a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, but it happens uh, to the best though. It, 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 it yeah. always happens to the best, and you've been around the game a lot yeah. longer than I have. Yeah, like I said, I you know, <laughs> I came you know behind you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I played in the same stadium and everything that, that, that you did. But, you know, it's always great company being in your you know being in your presence, man. So you know other things that you know it leads me to it leads me to ask. What was your biggest why, you know, when you step on the field to do what you do? Yeah, uh, it changed for me over time. Um, you know, when I first, my first ever start, you know, everybody talks about that. So that was 2009, you know, you know Matt Grothy got hurt the game before we played Florida State. So my first ever game starting as a freshman, my dream came true. I'm playing in that same stadium that I grew up across the street from. But it wasn't for the team I thought I would play for. It's for the USF. So we played against Florida State in 2009. And, you know, I took that field very humble, very thankful for the opportunity. Um, You know, wanting to make the most of the opportunity, you know, because it was my first one. Um, You know, and I always, you know, patted my chest twice and pointed to the sky. Was always just remembering, you know, uh, you know the people that had sacrificed for me to be there, um, people that were still living, and people that had passed and gone on. And uh, you know, throughout years, you know, for me, my mentality kind of went like this: as far as why am I doing what I'm doing, and it changed. And every time I diverted from that, um, you know, I, I talk to kids all the time, and I talk about the ceiling can save you. So we talk about this 20, 30 story building in the middle of downtown New York, you know, and you want to make it to the top. That's what success would be, whatever that is to you. And I've always gotten to multiple floors, but then, you know, I have a way of hitting my head on the ceiling where I get too big for the room, too arrogant, cocky, conceited, not treating people right. And and I hit my head on the ceiling. Now, sometimes that'll knock you back on that same floor. It'll knock you down back to the first floor. And, I've experienced this through life when I've gotten beside myself. So Florida State took me up this elevator. Okay, after Florida State, I mean, we we beat the hometown team that didn't want me. We yeah. beat Bobby Bowden. We beat Florida State, Goliath, South, little old South Florida. Okay, well, you know, 
feel good about that. A couple months later, you're held down at gunpoint. Puts things in perspective for me. Changes why I'm touching that field. You know what I mean? So it's going like this, very humble to hear and back and forth. And um, my why changed again, uh, you know, in the NFL. Once I got a good three, four years involved in that, um, yeah, I was. I wanted to be everything that what an NFL player consists of, everything that it included. But then, um, at the same time, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. So was my little sister. So it's like, okay, well, you know, there are things I have to do for my family now. It ain't about the cars, the money, the jewelry, and all that. Like, okay, now I need to go to work so I can provide for them so they can get their treatment. Right. Like that switch. You know, so there are things throughout. My why has been so different and it's changed. But um, I'm now looking back on it. Like my why always was uh, pulling it all together was for other people. It always was. I just didn't always move or operate in that that uh, that that energy. You know, and every time I deviated from that is when things didn't go right. So. Like I ain't trying to get to get like too deep into the into the family thing when it comes mm-hmm. to cancer. Like my family struggles from cancer. Mm-hmm. I just want to see like what was your first perception and like your like what you went through <laughs> yeah. with like knowing like your family members are going through the cancer process. Yeah, man. Uh so let me say, okay, so grandmother had cancer, right? Yeah. I kind of thought that's you know, that's what older people go through. Right. Unfortunately. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, but you would expect that stereotypically from an older person. Oh, same thing. Cool. Um, so Rewind also was a kid that when I was young, I would cry at the age of like nine or 10 if anybody went to the hospital because I did not think they was coming back out. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't care if you was getting a tetanus shot. I... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm balling. <laughs> I'm balling. Like I ain't gonna never see you again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. If we didn't gonna... go to the doctor. Hey. We did not go to the doctor for <laughs> yeah. nothing. Black folks don't like Tylenol, Robitussin, Claritin, Zyrtec. Yeah, fix everything. Don't like the hospital. Boy. Yeah, you ain't gonna go. Like I'm balling. Like you know, and then uh, <laughs> and then the crazy part was when I found out about my grandmother. Um, you know. What changed for me was like, you know, when I talked about my why, you know, my grandparents needed help, you know, with copay. Now, when we say copay, we talking about we're just paying to take a visit so they can tell you what's wrong with you, not to fix you, not to fix you. So, like, I'm like stressed about even that part for them that I'm having to provide for, you know, and then from that, you know, um, same year, my little sister, who's 22 years old, gets diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. So when do I find this out about my little sister? Man, listen, I was a free agent with no team. I was in Chicago. My mama called me around 7.30 in the morning. I had a 9 o'clock workout. She called me and told me this before my workout. So I could have folded. I could have... Laid in the locker room and told the coaches, I can't work out for y'all. I can't try out for y'all. I don't want to be a Chicago Bear. None of that. 
man, listen, the best workout I've ever had in my entire life yeah. was in Chicago because that was part of fulfilling the purpose that I've been telling y'all about, about doing something for somebody else, not yourself. When I was doing that for her, man, listen, I play quarterback, not receiver. They had me running routes, and I promise you, I was Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, <laughs> Julian Edelman. I was whoever you wanted me to be, and I was I was doing it. You know, I was doing it, and I made the team. And making that team um, put me in a position to help, to help. And a year later, uh, there's a hospital in Tallahassee. My little sister, uh, they do this all over the country, but she got a chance with my mother. My mother's a nurse in Tallahassee, so she kind of. She helped us with the whole process of saying what's really happening and going on um, and love her to death. But my little sister had the opportunity to ring that bell awesome. to say, okay, it's over with. No more treatment. Awesome. Good. Um, Thank God. And, uh, that, you know, lost my grandmother that year. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, I do feel like I had my, my why, you know, there was a purpose to it. I had an impact. And I, I think that was... Extremely, uh, an extreme blessing for me yeah. to be able to be in that position. So, uh, and that's part of the book too. Right. So that's what's really cool about it because, you know, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. But you shared that. Yeah. So it doesn't matter about the helmets in front of me or behind me. It's 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 something that I want people to pick up and understand. Okay, it ain't you ain't by yourself. Yeah. You're not by yourself. And it's crazy, <laughs> you know. I won't say it's crazy, but you know, it I, I think it's pretty interesting that, you know, if you step back and look at things from different angles, a lot of people share somewhat sort of similar, you know, path. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, I guess, you know, what sort of defines us as people and as a person that you are and the man you become is how you've chosen to react to those circumstances and battles that you have been put in. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think that's 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 big time, man. I gotta say this though, because I feel like people people would really want to know this. Um, I probably would have hypothetically, you know, did something crazy, jumped off that bridge, and and did something just completely out of character uh, a long time ago. But I've been thankful and blessed enough to still have two parents that are married together. Um, I know what is. I, I see them every day. Work at it. They choose each other every day. You know, I got two little sisters. You know, I'm the only boy. Yeah. Um, I'm the firstborn. So there's a responsibility I feel like I have. But then there's also you know people I know care about me and love and support me on the other side of that. You know, so all of them would tell you I'm crazy. Every last one <laughs> would tell you I'm crazy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm daddy number two. Trust me. You gotta be. You gotta be. My name is BJ Daggs, aka Daddy Number Two, and I don't play no games. But that support system has helped me make decisions and, and get through um, on so many different levels. A praying grandmother was another example of somebody who helped me get through. Um, you know, so it, it, I definitely have been blessed to have people around me. So it wasn't just me. It, it wasn't just you know, um, yeah. I, you know, I yeah, it wasn't just me. I can tell you that. No, nah, that's that's awesome, man. That, that's that's crazy. That that's really really like dope. That what you went through, as far as like how you overcame everything. Like I don't know if you know this, but me and AJ, me and AJ, we're both the first, like the first, the, the only boys. Okay. Yeah. So we feel that like me. I'm talking about all the time, just one on one. 
Like we feel that same responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like now nah, we hearing you say that uh, yo, I'm daddy number two. Like we are, we ain't kind of like unfortunately like we inherited that. Yeah, absolutely. And like when our dads can't or or unable to or whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. we do feel like it's our job to step up and that's we got to take that throne. You know what I'm saying? For sure, man. And and that's that's really like awesome to hear you say the like the way like. You BJ Daniels senior at times <laughs> when it comes to it, you know what I'm Man, saying? Man, come on now. Hey, <laughs> kudos to you for that, for real. Appreciate it. So that's 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 big time, man. And um, like I said, it, it, it's been a question, and not to stay away from kind of like where we were. Yeah. Um, and <clears> you know, when you were kind of talking about the, uh, you know, the quarterback situation and the guys that you you know you play with and behind mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. You know, I look at today's game and how it's played. Do you ever think that um do you ever think don't make me mad? What you finna say? You over trying to tiptoe around so what you got? What you got? Do you, do you ever think that you were ahead of your time? And you know, and you may maybe it could have been you and a few other quarterbacks. Do you think he did you were it. ahead of your time? I'ma just say this. I had a kid ask me the other day. Oh, were you like were you like Lamar? I said, was I like Lamar? <laughs> <laughs> Lamar who? <laughs> was I like Lamar? And I love Lamar. I absolutely love watching him. I want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I'm like, man, kid, you just don't know. You don't know. You just don't know. Because it's funny how life works. I modeled my game. I wore number seven because of Michael Michael Vick. Vick. Yeah. Michael Vick from Virginia Tech. It was the first time I ever saw him. He played against Florida State and yep. Peter Ward in a national championship. Shout out to Peter, man. Shout out to Peter, <laughs> man. Peter, I think he's cute, by the way. I know oh. Peter. Yeah, he think he's smooth. Shout out to Peter, man. man. Think he old fake Kappa, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Nick Cook played with old man. Yeah. Shout out to Ron Dudes, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to Pope. But that's that's who I model my game after. That's the highlight tapes I watched in in high school. Like I wanted to, Michael Vick was the guy. He was a black mobile quarterback who played how he wanted to play. He wasn't. He didn't fit the mold in any way. He wasn't tall enough, you know. But he did everything he was supposed to do. Strong arm, athletic, quick, competitive, and uh, he gave Florida State everything he could, you know. And ever since then, number seven been my number. That's that's so generationally. The young the young kid didn't get it. You know, he thought I was dissing Lamar, and I wasn't doing that at all. It's just, you know, these this game has changed. So when you talk about me being ahead of my time, absolutely. I, I missed on NIL. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm sad about it. Like, man, that would be crazy. God, I want to back pay or something. <laughs> Sheesh. Video games and all. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You know? But, uh, but yeah, you know, the game has changed, and I'm so happy and proud of what the African-American quarterback looks like right now and how consistent it is and how relevant it is because it wasn't like that before. Like, it may sound taboo in 10 years when these guys are potentially future Hall of Famers, but I have to say, yeah, I wasn't tall enough. I had to go through the fact that I was a black quarterback and they didn't know if I could be the face of the program, you know, which dates back to, if you really want to get into it, Slavery. Yeah. If we go into, we don't want you to read. We don't want you to write. Yeah. We don't want them things. You, you, you. Can you speak well? 
you know, can so then we we play the position. Okay, well, can you lead an organization? Can you communicate with the rest of the team? Can you relate with everybody on the team? Can you be the face of the program? Can you can you know those things is still relevant, you know, but it's becoming more accepted, and I love it. I love it. I was on one of the first few teams that had five black quarterbacks at one time. Terrell Pryor, Mr. Keith Price that played for Washington, you dug, myself, Javaris Jackson that played at Alabama A&M and also played for Minnesota Vikings, and Russell Wilson. All five of us in training camp competing against each other all summer. That's some heat. That's some heat. (laughs) All summer. So I got to ask, who was the fastest? I ain't going to lie, Terrell might say he is. Uh... He tall. He got long that stride. Boy, he got long. a stride on him. That boy long. He got a stride on him. He definitely got. I I I get that to him. All right. I definitely get that to him for sure. That boy long. And he got the longest quarterback rush in NFL history still. So ninety nine yards or ninety plus um, when he was with Oakland. So yeah, that's he, crazy. Yeah, man. He's, like yeah. He ain't make no excuse saying it was the forty time is me. He he ain't do a yard market. He just he gave it to him. That's yeah. Crazy. I, yeah. He just. Yeah, you can have that. Yeah, you had okay. Now I'm quick and explosive. I'm 13. You ain't gonna mess with me. Now. Okay, that's what I wanted. Yeah, you ain't gonna do that. Nah, that's what I wanted. BJ ain't one of them. Like he mentioned P Dub. He mentioned P Ward. Yeah. But BJ, BJ stole somebody's book. BJ a dead leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shake the room. Hey, BJ a dead leg. Go pull up the highlights. I shake the room. No, don't be mistaken. Yes, sir. You know, you know. Man, that's. That's that's awesome, man. That's like right. so, since we on the NFL topic, which organization was your favorite one? I mean, I always got to give a shout out to San Francisco, the 49ers, for drafting me, taking that opportunity. Um, but I definitely have to go with Seattle. I definitely have to go with Seattle. Um, that time, you know, being in Seattle was just amazing because we were the first first of all Seattle's an exp- the Seahawks are an expansion team yeah. so they weren't even originally part of the NFL yeah. and, and to to win a Super Bowl with them and I tell people this all the time this is how you compare it so in Florida you got Jacksonville Miami and Tampa okay take all of them and make only one NFL team in the entire state uh-huh. that's the type of support you're going to get in the state of Washington oh, wow. so you got people driving hypothetically, from Miami and Pensacola just to meet in Tampa to support one team. So it doesn't matter if you won through 53, the entire state knows who you are. You get benefits and perks like you that guy anyway. You know what I mean? So I can only only tell you, like, man, the love I got in in the state of Seattle, I mean, was incredible. Incredible. I didn't own a car for four years. (laughs) I did not physically own a vehicle for four years. Time. Guess what I did for that vehicle? And I could trade it in anytime I wanted. You want two tickets to the game? <laughs> I can go to any dealership in the state of Washington. Actually, as a matter of fact, in Bellevue. Bellevue is the richest city in Washington. Okay, so the football facility is in Renton. The stadium is in Seattle. And we live next to Bellevue. Bellevue is the richest city. You see Lambos, yeah. Bentleys, all that kind of stuff riding around dirty. I'm talking about like they don't care. This is a regular everyday vehicle. All right. I go to a dealership, give them two tickets to a game, and I get a new vehicle for the week or a month. 
you talking about a sold out place that loves their football so much where there's a waiting list just to get season tickets where people would do anything to meet a Seahawks player. I, I didn't go to restaurants to pay for anything. Oh, I did not. I did not go to restaurants. If I went to a restaurant, it was an appearance. What if I go in? Like <laughs> they would pay you to come in. Talk about the twelfth man. Oh my god, that, that's support. Big 12, man. And then you win the Super Bowl. They first and they're only. Ooh. And then you got one of the most highlighted teams in Seattle, which I would call a team full of misfits. Every last one of us is undersized. Possibly got in trouble before. Did this? Did that? Was on the third leg of their career, and we all came together and did something they never. The city's never had before. That was that was a Seattle by far. By far, I get that. Yeah. And um, just just to, just to you know dance around it a little bit, you know, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, you know, and um, away from the game of football and all that good stuff and all the good times that we typically have. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke on it a little bit about the mental health aspect, yeah, and um, the the challenges that you faced by playing with the challenges that, you know, we all in this space have, have faced and overcome with, with the mental health aspect as being a professional athlete, collegiate athlete, mm-hmm. and, and, and those hoops and challenges. Uh, the mental aspect, take can you can you like piggyback and tell us, you know, your your, your mental state at that at those times and, you know, your your routine of how you navigated through all those and stuff like that and those hurdles. Yeah, um, it was different every time. You know, I'm not going to say I have this magic potion or process with everything that I'm facing because uh, it all hits me differently. Um, <clears throat> you know, so it always was, I can tell you the foundation always was my my faith and my religion. It all, then it also trickled down to my family and that, that support that I got from them. Um and then at the end of the day, like for me, I never wanted to, I never wanted to be the guy that went back home. Like I never wanted to go back to Tallahassee. Yeah. I love Tallahassee to death. That's that's where I'm from and I'm proud of it. Um, but I never wanted to be the guy where it was somebody gives me an applause and they say, hey man, good job, man. You hey, Seahawks, Super Bowl. I remember you, you played for USF. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what what you doing now? Correct. Like, what you doing now? Yeah. Because what I see is you and you're here right here with me. What you doing now? Yeah. I never wanted to answer that question for anybody. I never wanted to come back home and it just be, okay, man, you made it a little further than the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. But then guess what? You still ended up back where we all are. Yeah. And I'm not saying that for anybody that lives in my hometown. Um, I just always wanted to go out and go do something else. My mother loved her garden in the backyard. I never wanted to go out there with her and help her. <laughs> <laughs> never. That's crazy. And, and, and I ain't gonna lie, that, that, that's pretty Man. big because on my dad's side and my mom's side, yeah. you know, there, yeah, there's, there's acres beyond acres of land. <laughs> Hundreds. You know, my yeah. dad's side, there's like 100 plus acres of land with my uncle, he farms and yeah. take care of. And my grandpa, he, him and his brothers, they done that and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure on trade. Man, it's the same thing you just <laughs> said, bro. We don't want to go back home and be like, oh, you cool. What you doing now? Yeah, yeah I'm back man. In, I'm back in Tallahassee, y'all. I'm back in Fort White. Mm-hmm. That's not what we want. Nah, nah. And it's funny because... I was talking to one of my homeboys the other day. I'm like, 
I be wanting to flip that script so bad, but I'm not that in that mindset to be arrogant. But my question, what you doing? What, what you been doing? <laughs> Where you been at? Oh, my God. Listen, you know If you from the Fort White area, everybody know the B&B. Somebody asked me, what you been doing? What, how mm-hmm. football? I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I hung that up. Yeah. Oh, really? And then, like, the world fell apart. I'm like, because you ain't playing no more. Bro, what? <laughs> yeah, man. It's a real thing. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Real thing. <laughs> I know we touched on that tap on it a little, you know, a little earlier um, about the relationships. I know Trey, Trey had hit on it a little bit, but um, look at yeah. him tiptoeing again. My boy single. He tiptoeing again. My boy single. Hey, <laughs> hey, my dog single. You know, so yeah, you know, and I and I throw icebreakers in here. Don't advertise that, man. man. Quality over quality. He don't want to ask a question. I'm going to ask it. Go ahead. Right, go ahead. BJ, know. name your non-negotiables when it comes to women. Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. I ain't man. It. it can go from, she's a 10, ugly feet. It can go from, <laughs> it can go from a 6 to a pretty feet. What's the non-negotiable, dog? I mean, if it's painted like that, it's going to be the 10. Because I'm not concerned <laughs> with the feet. <laughs> I'm not concerned. Come you on, know, man. Things can be, uh, we can go get your feet done. Hey. Yeah, do, we I can, get that. We can, I, I feel that. you know, soak bath. We uh-huh. can do all those things. Uh, you're right. We can, you, you know, know but you can't, you can't yeah. soak certain things. <laughs> I agree. That boy Edge got a foot fetish or something. Oh my god! I mean, you know, hey, I mean, we either sucking toes, we not. Nah, hey, 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 so, so you're not a toe guy. You're not a feet guy. I'm not a foot person. No, hey. I'm not a foot person. Understandable. Understandable. But I will say this: I don't know if this is non-negotiable or not, but I have really, genuinely had to be with somebody who can adjust because I've had to adjust so much. And I've always thought, like, former athletes, you know, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Being able to adjust, yeah. you know, when things don't go your way, when things go left, you know, <clears throat> having to make a mistake and relearn that mistake. Because I'll be honest, it ain't like the first ever coach I ever met said, don't throw an interception. I ain't never did it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, granted, there are certain things that I will not ever repeat. And that's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But... Um, just being able to adjust, man. My life has gone on so many different paths. I've lived in so many different cities. Um, I'm still learning and growing myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have in the last four or five years, man, I was a in living in Seattle playing the XFL. So high school head coach in Tallahassee. So from Seattle to Tallahassee to coaching at USF to now raising money for South Florida. And to now take this new adventure as, you know, this book and mental health. And um, this is my first ever podcast, you know. So, like, being able to adjust and ride with me and support me. My cheerleader needs to be able to adjust. My cheerleader don't need to be one-track-minded. This is where we, nah, because things can change. Now, at the same time, when I played football in the NFL, it was where I'm at, you got to follow. Yeah. I ain't finna drop the Seahawks for you. Sorry. Yeah. But at this point, it ain't necessarily me dropping something. I now can coincide with somebody 
in that. It ain't football or you. It should have always been football and. Yeah. And then now where I am now, it's okay, this is my new venture. You know, I'm 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 putting that hand out. Would you like to would you like to join? Yeah. Not this or that. No. You gotta adjust like I have to adjust. 100%. So hey. <clears throat> like they say, man, if you not getting better, you're getting worse. And you're getting worse, <laughs> you ain't gonna survive. At all. At all. So we got a common question on this on this podcast or just between friends. Are you a 50-50 guy? But now we're gonna tell everybody. Are you a 50-50 guy? <laughs> What's that mean? I mean, you are you, are, you, are you splitting stuff with your girl? Or are you paying all the bills? Ooh. Are we splitting? I know what tr- I know what trigger is. I know what trigger is. Okay, time out. Here, here, there are levels to this. Oh yes, sir. You said girl. What does that mean? Are we married? That are we dating? That's that's the girl that that's the the young lady or or a woman that you are coexisting with. So like, you're living together, not married. I like how you said coexistence. I'm like, like I'm gonna put that. him in a corner. Hey, I like how you <laughs> frame it. Yeah, yeah, I like how you frame it. Hit him with a rope, though. I'm gonna have Muhammad Ali come. Hey, hey, come on, talk to me. I'm, I'm forming with. So what level are we on? I'm with forming this, with it. This young individual. Y'all on social media together. What? Y'all on social media together. Y'all public. Y'all want to know? Oh, like we together and posting. Together and posting. So it's serious. Not married or engaged, but it's serious. But see, see, we got a drawer in your house. Okay. Uh, and she lives with me. No, y'all just serious. She don't live with you. Might have her own spot. So what's 50-50 though? If she got her own spot. Y'all go to dinner. We split the bill. No. Or am I take, am I I'll be honest it? with you. I think I'm a thousand to one right now. I'm batting a thousand to one. So what I mean by that is. I'll let you pay for the entire dinner, but you might only get the opportunity once. For me, I don't ever want, and I maybe it's it's this thing I have within me. Like I won't let somebody just take care of me for real. Yeah. I haven't been able to like allow that. Because yeah. I wasn't bred like that. I wasn't yes. raised like that. 100 percent I agree. You know, so like I get mad almost if if we at the grocery store and you, you know, let's you tell the cashier, let's split it. Cause I didn't have that happen before, where the young lady's in front of me a little further, and I'm taking out the groceries, and she already at the front, and I ain't even done doing it. And she whispered to the, you know, the, the guy, "Hey, we want to split this 50 50. and I walk up. What you said? <laughs> yeah, bring yeah. that back. You know, yeah, you know. So, um, I don't think I'm a fifty fifty guy. I, I just think I really, you know, want to take care of it all. All right. Man, put your hands down, man. Um, but, uh, but I will tell you this. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, let me finish. Now, y'all laughing too fast. Never again, hey. though. Well, I, you know, I've done it. I've had this in my, you know, long past, though. But I, I respect you so much more if you was even just willing. Yeah. Let's say you didn't have it. Yeah. You could pretend. I would appreciate the acknowledgement or the attempt. The gesture. Yeah. And at the yeah. end of the day, truth be told, I also look at it like this. Okay, let's say you wanted to split the groceries in half and I, okay, I don't want you to do it, but I'll let you do it. Okay, well, I'm not a guy that adds up and tallies and counts, but I'm still a thousand to one. Yeah. <laughs> if we really want to, you know, talk about numbers, yeah. you know, but 
But I never want that type of relationship anyway, man. I, I really want somewhere, you know, a woman does something for me that I don't even know. You know, kind of piggy, piggybacking off that. Um, you ever had a uh, female do something to you, or a female that made you like, damn? I think I need to speak to. Like, I need some therapy. Ooh. You ever had a female do you like that? You got saying? Shit, I have. I need therapy now. <laughs> 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 Ooh, <wait. clears throat> I'll just say this. Um, I've experienced some things that would not sound normal and I'm able to handle things based off my, what life has kind of dealt me or sports or what I've been taught to just keep pushing and move forward. <clears throat> and, uh, the things that are taboo in, in life, uh, about, potential or possible physicality of a woman. Yeah. Uh that's real. Yeah. I never thought I would experience it before. But I've experienced a lot. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's put me in a position to raise my level of standards and also to appreciate uh, people who uh Know how to handle themselves, I guess. Because I think at the end of the day, you ain't never fighting people. Yeah, you always fighting the devil. And the truth of that for me is this: like, um, you know, you could offend me and do something right now, right? But then, am I? What type of maturity do I have? Am I gonna go against you, or am I gonna go against the spirit that's in you? Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is. And I'll just be honest about my own vulnerabilities in life. The devil could never win with me when it comes to women, alcohol, drugs, none of those types of things. But he knows that there is something yeah, that he can use yeah, weaknesses. to get at me. Yeah. You know that. So, you know, other people have different things, but the devil knows what that is. So for me, you know, yes, to answer your question, and, and I can't ever get tricked out of my position to go somewhere thinking I'm fighting a person. Yeah. You got that. Yeah. You win. You win temporarily. I'm going to win in the long run. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that 100% because I, I I do, I'm a big believer in, you know, strong guys, strong men, you know, very, we're going to persevere. No matter Absolutely. What, you know, what's on our way, we're going we gonna to navigate, we're going to do what we got to do. Necessary moves, and um, for sure, I, I, I respect that highly, brother. I appreciate that. The big nuggets, that you and y'all, hey, them big nuggets, y'all got to pay attention to. Man, so uh, like I said, it um kind of leads me to um, my uh, my next question is like in times like those as such, is there anybody that you felt like you know you can kind of know, bounce ideas off of or talk to mm -hmm. times like those. Yeah, man, I had my I, I mean I've just been blessed, even though I'm the only male, only brother, excuse me. Um I have two sides and two different perspectives. So trust me, my dad follows suit when it comes to his women, which is my two little sisters and my mom. 
So <laughs> technically, I got a household that views me without some sort of objective. So if I want to talk to the male, my father, he'll tell me what he thinks. But then I also got three women who can soften that that blow and, and whatever. And um, they all, always give me their perspective and my dad gives me his perspective. And I think those things, that combination has really helped me uh, always kind of steer in the right direction. Whether I go that path or not, that's on me. But they've always you know, been able to help me with that. So, hey, man, it's been a pleasure. And like I say, you follow him, you know him, especially in this Bay Area. Hold on, man. All you can't the way out. Like that. We got, we got one time. Like, look, man, we got Drake coming soon hey, to Tampa Bay. Come on now. We got Drake coming to the Bay. Answer this question, man. We, we've had all the time about it. What's up? Drake or Future? Who you choosing? Man, when I was in my toxic phase, it was Future. <laughs> Hey, man, I know every word. Trust me. Hey, got it out the field. <laughs> Russ. He said you know win, though. He said win. He said win. Now, hey. I'll tell you this. Now, I, I, you know, Drake is my favorite artist. Ooh. But I was definitely against. playing Future in the locker room in Seattle. I ain't going to lie about that you can't one. can't go against And that might not have been a good look for me. That's all right. <laughs> he said Drake the favorite. Yeah, it's okay. That might not have we been up. a good look for me. It's okay. Six God, we up, man. Yeah. It's okay. Got it out the field. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, and like I say, yeah. man, again, it's been a pleasure, BJ. Yes, man. You already knowing, and like many more to come, mm -hmm. and we out.